It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And then we look, I looked at my watch and we were half an hour into training. And I thought Led, I'm like, and Led could get away with it because he was so good. Everyone knew. <laughs> it was like, you know, he's always going to make it. And like, he, they just unload both barrels on me for leading Ledley astray. Three new dad, young boys. I'm like, oh my God, this sums us up. And then thankfully we've got those two back and then we, yeah, the, the night on White Hart Lane was special, yeah. Welcome to the latest episode of Off The Shelf Podcast. And we have got the guest I've been waiting for, if I'm being honest with you. I've got to be honest, I'm up front with you now. Dawes isn't here today, but we've brought in someone who's very special to this club, Ben Haynes. Thank you for joining us. You've got sort of tall, strong, handsome Dawson and you've exchanged it for short, sort of Hobbit Haynes uh, we've, instead. We've, we've exchanged it for Spurs legend and and front of many a TV programme we do, so it's great to have you here. But our guest... Come on, let me... Dis- off the top of your head, how would you sum up our guest here? I would say that this would be... If, you, if I said to you, Marzi, give me your top five people that you'd want to get on off the shelf, he would be right in and amongst that. Right up there, right up there. So I'll, I'll give you a little clue before we go to him. 24 goals in, I think it was 93 appearances, 2009 to 2011. Now, that doesn't tell the whole story. This is someone who came through the academy to play and not only play leaders in the Champions League. When I think Champions League, I think this guy. Ben, who is it? It is the absolute legend, Peter Crouch. Thank you so much <laughs> for joining build up, us. What a build-up. Yeah. Where are you going to go from I this now? I'm through that. But that's, you know, we hold you in such... I mean, they were... Yeah. I don't need to tell you, they were mm. such great days, weren't they? And you were mm. so part of it, and as we'll, we'll talk mm. about. But we're, we're going to take you all the way back. Um, obviously, you've, you've got links with, with North London throughout, your, throughout mm. your life, but all the way back, a few years living in Singapore. Mm. Oh, God, yeah, you go way back. So that way, was, yeah, way I, back. I was, uh, yeah, I mean, I was only between kind of three and six when we moved to my dad, got a job in, in advertising in Singapore, and we went there for like, uh, yeah, three years. But I can't remember a great deal of it, but f- apparently a few of my first words were in Mandarin. Oh, wow. And um, I was, you know, I said to my dad, I'd love them to, like, keep it up but 
I, I moved back to England and uh, yeah, that was a long way away, it yeah. seems. It's, it's the Mandarin left you now. Yeah, it's kind of left me, yeah. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't give you anything now. Not anything so, in unfortunately not. I would have loved to have, you know, been able to speak it, but... Um, yeah, I mean, my mum and dad had a great time out there and, uh, you know, they went back for, for their anniversary, but, uh, yeah, I moved back and uh, sort of six, seven, and I did my whole school back in England. When did football grab you, Karachi? Um, no, nah, straight away, my dad was... I think that was h half the reason why he wanted to move back, really, because... Um, you know, my dad just would love football. Um, he loved, uh, you know, then obviously I get to uh, go to games and, um, you know, it just grabbed me straight away. And that's all I, all I kind of wanted to do, really. And, you know, always had a ball with me wherever I was and uh, always wanted to play. Do you, do you have an earliest memory, a time when you're like, OK, that's where I fell in love with it? Um, I actually remember, I remember my dad was a Chelsea fan. I remember it was Chelsea Tottenham actually. I remember that was my first game I ever went to. And I remember sitting, uh, it was at Stanford Bridge and I was at East Stand, like lower. Um, I think the game was like 4-3 and I'm talking like this was a long time ago. Um, I remember the Chelsea team, like Gordon Jury, Kerry Dixon, you know, that kind of era. Um, and it was an amazing game of football and I just remember the crowd, the energy, buzz. And uh, and that was that it. Doesn't matter where you where you mm. went, but for your, wherever you went for your first match, you never forget the noises, the smell. Mm. It just sucks you in, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, incredible, mm. incredible. Going to mention a name to you that um, you'll know well, and it was very important. Actually, you coming over here, Des Balpin. Yeah, yeah. Took you to QPR, and then mm. I think if I'm right, he came over here and brought you with him. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Yeah, like obviously the, my links obviously to Tottenham were, were very early, but I grew up in West London, so around that was like QPR territory really. Um, but it was when Jerry Francis um, was at, at, Q, at QPR, but he was at he was at uh, it was at QPR the first time, moved to Tottenham. And then uh, in the youth team was Des Bolpin, who was probably the biggest influence on my career, uh, other than my dad. Um, he was the youth team manager at QPR. Then he moved to Tottenham, and uh, and I was only in the, I was a schoolboy at the time, but you know he had the he wanted to take me with me, saw potential in me, um, you know, and I came to Tottenham under Jerry, uh, and that's when I, I stayed from kind of 14, uh, signed my first professional contract, right up to to 19. Um, and then I actually moved back with Jerry uh, when kind of things didn't work out at first. At that age, do you kind of understand how big a move that is, or are you mm. just following what your coach is telling you to do? Yeah, do you know what? Like I had a lot of kind of clubs after me at that time. Of a Chelsea came in for me, and I'd been training down at Brentford, and it was like it was a kind of I had enough options, if you, if you know what I mean. But I loved it at QPR. I was happy there. Um, but when Des Des moved, it was always it was kind of like a no-brainer for me, really, because I. That someone who had that much faith in you goes to a club, quite close links to the first team manager as well, Jerry Francis. I thought it was a great, yeah, great time. Although my mum didn't, um, she wasn't too pleased about it because I don't know if you've been on the North Circular um, <laughs> from Hanger Lane to uh, White Hart Lane on a Tuesday and Thursday night every week. I mean, she hated that journey. <laughs> that was a two-hour journey, really. It wasn't even that far. Um, it's like wacky races, oh, isn't it? Well, it, was, <laughs> it was horrendous for her. Because my dad was still at work and she was, you know, getting me in the car straight off to school, all the way up to the old ball court at White Hart Lane, um, where we used to train on a Tuesday and Thursday night. It was, I mean, it was great for me, but, I mean, it just... <laughs> total right off uh, her Tuesdays and Thursdays were gone for, you know, the whole time I was there. You speak in such glowing terms about um, 
about that academy group and your days mm. in. I'm, I know you see him as some of the best days of your life. Yeah, I mean, just just tell the fans. Mm. I mean, we know Ledley was in there with mm. you. Any other names that they, they might remember? Um, trying to think. Alden Thelwell. It was like a little bit later. He made his first team debut. Um, trying to think who else who had decent careers. Uh, obviously, my just Gavin Kelly, uh, Stephen Mills, James Carter. Um, trying to think. Just above me, obviously, Mark Gower ended up uh, playing. Um, you know, if good for the times, Luke Young uh, obviously moved on to Charlton, but had a, had a decent career. Um, and then slightly later, you had you had Simon Davis, Matthew Everington. That was kind of my my group of players. Um, but there's so many players that kind of fell away and didn't didn't quite get professional mm. contracts or didn't or got professional contracts, but fell away for it after a year. Who were such good players, yeah, you know. Yeah. You know, in those days when you're 14, 15, you think, and the levels are like this, yeah. and you know, you, and you don't really know who's going to make it, who, who, who doesn't. Narada Bernard, Nicky Hunt, I remember another one. Good players, you know, and just didn't quite, for whatever reason, make it. But, but obviously, out of that group, myself and, and Ledley probably were the ones that that went on to, you know, to play for a long time, and certainly in the Premier League. But the first impressions of Ledley were just. Like he was the best player I'd ever seen. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, like, 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 no joke. Like ever seen. Um, at that age, he was um, he was the best player. You know, level above as well. Year above. Uh, just a nice naturally gifted footballer. Like not centre half footballer. Mm. You know, ma no matter what position. Um, so yeah, he was he was in those in those ball court. You had to have good feet, and he was six foot four, same size as he is now. But still, with that kind of so ability, graceful, yeah, unbelievable on the, on, yeah. on the ball. Can yeah. you describe it for us a little bit? Because mm. I imagine people who've listened to the pod would have, would have heard mm. Ledley talk about it as well. Mm. But the ball court was quite an interesting yeah, sort yeah. of spot, wasn't it? Kind of mm. hidden away at the back of White mm. Hart Lane. You wouldn't necessarily, as a fan, you wouldn't necessarily know it was there, would you? I reckon. I reckon it's probably Tottenham fans that didn't know it was there. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, it's just a brick building from yeah, the outside. Yeah, literally just a building from yeah. the outside. But you know, you go up the stairs. It wasn't very warm on a Tuesday and Thursday <laughs> night. It was cold in there. You'd have to, you know, it was like being outside. But then you go in there, and you could, you could tell a player straight away in there. Do you know what I mean? It was. It, the, the ball would bounce, it'd wrap, it'd wrap into. You'd have to have, you'd have to be, have a good touch, um, and I, I just, you could always tell a player. And I think that kind of made me as a player, you know, like because it was. I remember going there and you know it being quite a tough environment. It was like you know the tackles were flying in. There was kids from you know all different walks of life, um, and it could get quite quite tense mm, in there yeah, at times. Yeah. But you know you had to you had to have your wits about you, but you had to have a touch, and um, yeah, it made it made us. The players we were, I think. I mean, obviously, from there, from schoolboy, you, you you make it into the academy, mm. and, and we'll talk about your time in the academy. But I mean, how big was that for a, for mm. a young kid to actually make it into Tottenham's academy from schoolboy? Because mm. that's not an easy step, correct? No, it wasn't. You know what? And it was like uh, I remember there was only a few of us that went to the Milk Cup in Northern Ireland. Uh, it was under 16s, and it was me, Ledley, Nicky Hunt, Rada Bernard. It was um, maybe Ross Fitzsimons, Gavin Kelly. I think six lads. And we played the year above and we went there and won it. And it was Milk Cup in those days was a very prestigious thing. thing to yeah. win, you know. Yeah. We had 10,000 people watching us in the Coleraine showgrounds. And I remember it like it was yesterday, you know what I mean? And uh, we got through that, we won it. And that kind of gave us a real confidence then. It was like, right, we... And it felt like the group that played a year above, we were going to get our YTS contracts. Um, and, and it was just before we left Mill Hill and got into Spurs Lodge. And... Um, yeah, and then I was I was full time then at Spurs Lodge uh, straight away. I remember I was on David Howes's boots and David Ginola's boots, 
cleaning them. I mean, that was a time where I think Christian Gross had just come yeah, in. That's right, yeah. Jerry Francis was manager. Um, you know, some unbelievable just being around because I suppose here at the training ground, it's like such a big, vast mm. place. But Spurs Lodge, it was, yeah, it felt it was, like you were part of the first, yeah. you know, the, the, the youth team dressing room was here, but the first team dressing room was just, you know, stone's throw. So you were in and around it all the time and just, just a great place to go in every day. You can tell just the way that Crouch, there's that, lip, mm. there's that glint in your eye when mm. you talk about these days yeah, in the yeah, academy. Oh, we can best. tell how much they, mm. how much they meant to you and mm. still do. Yeah, oh no, it was the best time of my life. I, like, I think most people that say that when they played in the youth team, it was the best time. It was, it was so much fun. Like, I, I used to get in there um, as early as I possibly could. I used to help with the kit at White Hart Lane sometimes and get the, uh, the, the bus over with a kit man, and um, who was out in those days. And then, uh, you know, we'd go over and um, we'd, we'd, I'd help with the kit and then we'd set up early and I wouldn't leave till like, five six o'clock yeah, at night a proper full day isn't it you know and then yeah. i'd get home to wheeling about nine o'clock yeah. <laughs> um and then i'd just be up you know the next day again but it was like i just loved it do you have a memory of i mean david howe's 1991 fa cup winner is a pretty cool one to, yeah, yeah. to clean the boots for but then but you know, as well yeah, do you have yeah, a memory yeah. of of him being yeah, there at the yeah. time and just thinking oh my god I mean, that was when like he was at his best as well oh he was magnificent like um yeah. obviously one pfa player of the year the year that i was i was doing his boots and all that i thought it was down to me <laughs> um, but i remember nightly and fuming with me because i used to i was a bit lazy i mean i wouldn't like <laughs> i wouldn't like clean them properly first and then i just put polish straight onto the dirty boot <laughs> And like the Nike sign was kind of like wearing away, and Nike going mad because you, you when he was playing you could barely lose black boots. And like I remember them getting in touch and I said, yeah, I got a bollocking for that. You <laughs> blacked uh, out his Nike. Blacked out his tick. Yeah, they were paying him a fortune as well. But no, good, great, great times. And we used to we used to be really like worried going into the first team dressing room because like. I don't know if you remember, like, Rule Fox, um, trying to remember, like, it's, uh, Clive Wolf. There was a few lads, yeah. like, quite lively. David Howes to give us a bit of grief. <laughs> Soul. Um, yeah, and you'd, you'd, be, you'd be so scared going in there, just thinking he's going to get absolutely grilled here. But, you know, just good times. Yeah, good brilliant. Times. Brilliant. Look, there are so many yeah. stories, but I tell you, there's one... Uh, your togetherness as a group, mm. and Ledley was talking about this as well mm. you never used to go home did you mm, you no, said all, no. all of your well the station is yeah, like yeah. one train goes oh we'll get the next one yeah, one yeah. train go, get the next one mm. that was how tight you lot were no, it was amazing like even like Luxborough Lane right it's a long walk to travel, yeah. right yeah. so taking about an hour and a half because you should be messing around you know what I mean and uh, we used to take penalties I remember it was getting dark we'd still be out there and um the loser um, if you if you finish last in this penalty shootout where we used to walk from the halfway line to here like as if it was a proper tournament, the loser didn't get a lift to the station. <laughs> so uh, I always remember it. We uh, we I think one of the, one of the lads it was Narada who, who who finished last. So we're all we're all going to the station, whatever. And uh, I remember this Ferrari just flying past us, and he got Les Ferdinand to give him a lift to the station, and he was like giving us loads of abuse. But I'm in the screen, Volkswagen Polo, and he's just like pinging past me. And I said, "You're supposed to have lost, you know." That's so good though that you had that close knit group because oh, the best. imagine when you're trying to make it through. It, it's both a lot of pressure, but also just a huge amount of fun as well. Mm -hmm. No, it was, that was it. We just we laughed, we smiled every single day, and it was tough. You know, I mean, it was tough at times. So the youth team managers were, were hard on us. Um, you know, and we were doing jobs, and you know, we were cleaning the change rooms, we were cleaning boots, we were um, doing jobs all around the training ground. 
Um, but we just we just had a, had a laugh and a, and a smile on our face doing it every every day. Were you always tight with with Ledley from the start? Yeah, yeah, we hit it off straight away. Um, he had a group of kind of mates where it was kind of from Bow in East London where he's from, um, and we just we all just kind of hit it off. I remember we we got three quid for our expenses and we used to play this little game called like pound up the wall. We you'd have to get it as close as the wall was possible. Uh, straight away, I remember take him taking three quid off me straight away, <laughs> and I was like. I I need to get this back so the next Thursday I was back in playing and we just hit it off kind of like that and then obviously we we kind of enjoyed the same kind of football and we um, yeah we kind of like tried to play the games almost the same way and stuff and we hit it off right away became mates and, and of course still mates now because you used to go and play in bow as well didn't you with yeah. him with, with all of the kind of mm. young people from around his area mm. and that was a pretty talented mm. group from what i remember you saying before mm. oh, it's an unbelievable group of players like from that area you know i mean ashley cole lived around the corner uh j lloyd samuel um, you know, even the lads like James Cart, Stephen Mills, the lads that kind of he grew up with, uh, Emerson, like his mates, uh, all really good footballers. Like obviously, you know about Sen Rabbit's team, you know, like, yeah, you know that yeah, kind of yeah. era of footballers, just just very very good players. But that kind of area where he grew up was, you know, breeds good footballers. Now I know you love your snooker. Mm. And there's an unbelievable story about you and Ledley being late one day to training mm. over, over snooker. Come mm. tell us about that, Craig. That is yeah. such a great story. I always remember Bob Arthur and, Den and, and Des Bolpin, like I say, big big influences in my career, but they, they were fuming. We had uh, we got over to White Hart Lane. He said, right, you've got two hours or something to kill before training. Stop. We had a second session at White Lane. We'd already been at Spurs Lodge. Go to White Hart Lane to train the ball court second session. So we had a couple of hours to kill. We were supposed to have lunch. We had lunch early and then we went to... Uh, Edmonton Snooker Club that used to be our place to go so like we'd go down there um, you know we a bit probably should be play we were playing the fruit machines and then, and then we were playing a bit of snooker and then we look I looked at my watch and we were half an hour into training and I thought Led I'm like and Led could get away with it because he was so good everyone you know, <laughs> was like you know he's always going to make it and like, he, they just unload both barrels on me for leading Ledley astray and I always remember Bob, Bob saying to me, snooker player, have you ever seen a snooker player that looks like you? He said, you hit your head on the light. He said, you look like the rest. You know, safe to say we weren't late. Yeah, yeah, safe to say. Were you safe the one leading, was it always you that was leading Nedley? Well, that's what everyone said, but like Nedley would be the one, let's go here, let's go there, and I'd just be following Nedley. And then because Ned was so good, it was always like, I'm oh, leading the show. You done. Yeah, it's yeah. my fault. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about, I mean, you had a, when you were in our academy, I remember you going out to Sweden. Mm. And what was that like? That yeah. must have been an experience for Yeah, you. that's right. Yeah, Chris Hutton was reserve team manager at the time. I'm trying to think, it's probably Christian Gross who's the manager. Um, but Chris Hutton, we, we, I, I found it tough to get in the, even the reserve team, let alone the first mm. team at that time. If you think about the players we had up front, it was like Les Ferdinand, Chris Armstrong, Stefan Everson. But just, just behind that, you know, you still all the reserve players were like um, Paul McVeigh, yeah. Neil Fenn, James Bunn, um, really good group of players. Um, I found it tough to get in, so I wasn't quite getting in the reserve team, and I was in that in-between yeah, team. Yeah. So I wasn't getting games. And remember Chris saying to me, go out to Sweden for three months. So me and Alton Thelwell, at the end of the season, just went out and played in Sweden. It was a great experience. Hey, obviously, you took the step to, quite a brave step, because it had been part of your life for so long, mm. to step away from Spurs and, and further your career. Mm. And I mean, first of all, that, I mean, the decision to, it might mm. not have been in your hands, but mm. the decision to leave the club after coming through as a schoolboy and through mm. the academy, 
that must yeah. have been a, a, a tough one either way. Even if it yeah. was something you wanted to do to walk mm. away. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a tough one because obviously, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to play for Spurs, but I could just see my route was so congested. And I look at players now and I think, you know, some of them hang around and continue to try and break into that, into that first team. And you just think, you know, I, I was quite pragmatic about it. I was just like, look, I, I don't think I'm going to get in here. You know, there's, there's three players probably in front of me in the reserve team, <laughs> let alone the first team. So I, felt, I saw it as a massive opportunity to go to QPR and I looked at their forwards and I thought, you know, that's going to be tough for me as well because I'm totally unproven, but I've got more chance uh, to drop down to the championship. To My route in was, was, was that way, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, like I say, I just it was the best decision I ever made. So it doesn't feel at the time like you're being super brave. It just feels like I've got to do this. Oh, it's a very God, practical yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. It felt like that was entirely the right decision. You know, I could hang around here and pretend I'm a Premier League Spurs player but I'm, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm getting paid by them, but I'm not around, around it. I'm not yeah. even trained with the first team. Now I look at Ledley and I think, you know, he's already, you can see his path yeah. was mapped out. And obviously when Sol left, it was like the natural progression was Ledley comes in and plays. With me, I couldn't, I couldn't even see a pathway. So going to QPR was, was, was the best thing I did. And, and obviously at that time, um, you know, I think it's 60 grand they bought me for. Um, and, and, and obviously then it was George Graham then was the, was the manager um, and I, I didn't think that you know, he didn't have much kind of dealings with me he didn't have many chats with me so yeah it was as, as difficult it was for me to leave Spurs the club that I'd been at as a kid it was a fantastic opportunity for me You've explained that how you're feeling you know as you say you're sort of hovering in there not seeing a pathway for yourself so you go Obviously, QPR, Portsmouth, Villa, mm. Southampton, Cratchit. When did that mindset change? When, when? Because mm. you're you're going to join Liverpool soon. You're going to get mm. an England cap soon now. Yeah. W when did that mindset change in yourself? Mm. Right. Not, not. I am there now, mm. but I think I, I can get there. Yeah. Like obviously, it was Southampton really that was. You know, that was only halfway through my Southampton spell. But um, it was weird because I went, I went, I scored a load of goals for, for for QPR. You know, and then I went to Portsmouth and I scored twenty odd goals in the Championship and. And, and, and I remember Graham Taylor was looking at me at Villa and, you know, it was a chance to get back into the Premier League and they signed me for a lot of money in those days, you know, five million quid mm. for a 19-year-old, went to Villa and, um, and I, I just wasn't ready for the yeah. Premier League. It all right? seemed to happen so fast, yeah, yeah, Graham, yeah. I remember, because we were still weird. following you. Yeah, it was from weird. Here. I just wasn't ready for the Premier League then, like, and, and it's hard because when you're not ready at between 19 and 23, you know, it's hard to then get another chance, do you know what I mean? So I thought... Maybe, maybe I'm just a championship player, you know, you don't know. Um, but physically, I just didn't feel, as soon as I got up to the Premier League, I was like, I remember Alan Shearer was, um, was Newcastle was my home debut. Shearer was at one end, I was at the other, and I thought, if that's the level, I said, I'm like, I'm miles off it. I said, maybe I'm a championship player. I didn't know, like, I just didn't feel anywhere near that, you know what I mean? So um, I went back down and kind of went on loan to Norwich. I ended up back at Southampton in the Premier League, but we had James Beattie and Kevin Phillips ahead of me, and... Then Beats left and went, and went to Everton, and that's when I got in the team, and uh, and I, I thank God I was ready then. You know, yeah. it was like Harry Harry you know, yeah. had, had come in charge, and he was like, right, you and Kevin Phillips are my my front two till the end of the season, yeah. and uh, I think I scored like 16 goals after the after Christmas. Uh, I was just on like fire. You know, unfortunately the team was struggling, but I was doing really well. And I, and I just, that's when I kind of, it clicked and I went, I'm a Premier League player now. Do you, yeah. do you have light switch moments? Do you mm. have moments where you go, oh, OK, maybe I'm at yeah. the level? 
Yeah, that was it. Yeah, it was a few games. Just um, I think it was only confidence, really, and, and, a, and a bit kind of my body catching up with me. You know, I was getting, I grew I grew so tall so quick, and then it was kind of hard to you know, kind of understand, you know what I mean? You, you know, how I never really kind of lost ability, but I just was, I probably wasn't strong enough for the, for the Premier League and stuff. And then, um, yeah, as soon as that confidence came in, Harry came in, I can't, it just, things just switched. I ended up with an England cap at the end of that season and then went to Liverpool and, and things really, really took yeah. off. Do you remember the first person that gave you a sort of wallop in a challenge and you thought, oh, okay, we're in the Premier League now? <laughs> um, to be fair, like the championship was, pretty tough as well to be honest it was just it was a different kind of it was like more like the pace of the game and the you, you know everything about it was was different like you'd get you'd get less opportunities to score you know what i mean you'd, you'd get uh people were you know as tough as the championship was it was like it was stronger and quicker in the premier league do you know what i mean and it was it took me a while to kind of get used to but um thank god i got a second opportunity and, and took that how did England feel, mate? I mean, that yeah. must have been something else. Yeah, that was that was amazing. Yeah, and I was again. That was quite lucky because it was an end of season um, top, like trip, um, and quite a few people. They were breeding kind of like a few youngsters, a few um, with a, with some of the obviously bigger hitters as well. Like I remember obviously David Beckham being there, Michael Owen, Sol Campbell, David James, but a few had pulled out as well because it was end of season. Mm. So we went to America, and um, I remember making my debut in New York, in the Giant Stadium, funny enough, and um, <laughs> we, uh, we did that and it was great. And then, uh, you know, I came back and I, I wasn't sure if I was an England player yet, but I'd had a really good game. I remember playing really well, sitting Michael Owen up for a goal and um, and, and thought, you know, hopefully I'll, I'll get another stab at when this. You, when you're in the dressing room, Kratz, you haven't, having, you know, knowing your journey and you pull that England shirt on, mm. do you give yourself yeah. a moment? Yeah, yeah, I do, because obviously, like, but at that time, I was still, I was still thinking, yeah, this is amazing to play for England. But genuinely, my mindset was, just get this cap in, and then you can just have that cap on the wall and turn over when you play for England. That was, I wasn't going like, oh, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to play for England for, you know, as much as I did. I was genuinely going, just get a cap when you've played for England. You know, that was me done. So I was like, right, mum and dad, sister, they all came out. So just enjoy this. <laughs> because we're never coming here again. <laughs> do, you, do you remember arriving and being in that kind of... Because a couple of things you said so far about entering into a dressing room for the first time, do you have the nerves again? You're like, oh, mm. God, looking around the group and seeing David Beckham yeah, there yeah. and Michael Owen there, and you're like, wow, I'm in with them now. Mm. I don't think you ever kind of really get over that. Like, you'd still... You know, obviously, they become your mates and stuff like that, become your teammates, but you still, when you walk out and... Um, you know, certainly like before an England game, you know, at Wembley or something like that, you walk out, we were trained at London Colney quite a lot because, um, you know, that's where we trained before. I think they train here now, don't they, quite a bit? Yeah, but, yeah. Um, bit, we, I, think, yeah. I remember walking there and you'd see all like thousands, hundreds of photographers and, you know, just in front of you, obviously you've got, you know, Beckham, Owen, you know, Lampard, Ruin, you could name the team, like, it's household names, isn't it? You never really kind of get used to that, you know what I mean? Mm. It is a bit, a bit mad. But obviously, yeah, that, I became, you know, more kind of um, senior, I suppose, at, at England. I stayed in every squad for five years. So, you know, that one cap kind of turned into quite a few, thankfully. Um, and then it became a bit more normal. See, I always think of you in that group as one of the few that no one ever looks back on and mm. goes, oh, there was these, th these groups within mm. groups that were yeah, keeping yeah, themselves yeah. isolated. I, I feel like yeah. you were somehow sort of 
a person that could float mm. between and everyone would be quite happy to have you as part mm. of their group, whoever it was. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, no, no, totally accurate. Yeah, you know, so because I, I suppose I wasn't really kind of, you know, although I played for Liverpool at the time, I, I wasn't really associated to, you know, you'd think of, you'd think of Gerrard and Carragher, and then you'd think of Man United, you'd think of, uh, obviously, Gary Neville and, and David Beckham, you know, Paul Scholes, Rio. Um, you know, Chelsea would be Ashley Cole, John Terry, you know, uh, Frank Lampard. So like, I, I was kind of mates with all of them, you know what I mean? And, um, and also I didn't, I, I didn't feel like I had the stresses of them because I was, I would never have classed myself as a starting player for England, do you know what I mean? I, Wayne Rooney and my clone start when they're fit. And I, I just, my mindset was, as long as I'm the best person behind them, I'm going to get loads of games because quite often they, they would be injured or suspended or I just I just always try and make sure that I was the best of the rest if you know what I mean and lots of people came in and you know I'd always just my mindset was I've got to be better than them and uh, thankfully I was for those, for, for those years. So many goals followed with England. I mean your your goal record with England was mm. stunning wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, no, really good, I mean yeah, goals yeah. per game really mm. fantastic. Mm. And in the middle of all that, the robot turns up. Yeah, yeah. What's the story? Just tell, tell, tell Spurs fans the story of the robot. I'm not going to ask you to do it or anything stupid. But what, what is um, where did it come from? Oh, God. Uh, well, again, it was before the 2006 World Cup and David Beckham had a party at his house. And um, this, is always, this is a good start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was it, yeah. And, and it was televised, right, for some reason. This televised party, right? party Well, it was like a... Crazy like night, great night. But I remember being um, on a table, and I think it was me, Jamie Carragher, Michael Owen, Stephen Gerrard, Freddie Flintoff joined us on this table. We were just we were having a few beers, and you know things got a bit looser and looser. And then uh, I've gone right, I'm going to do something on the dance floor, and I've walked over, and Carragher tapped the cameraman to get it, and I didn't know, and I'm doing this robot, and as I turn around, I see the camera, and I've gone, oh, I tried to duck <laughs> under it and walk out. And then, uh, obviously, I remember them talking about it was going out before one of the games, before the Hungary game. And uh, they said, oh, there's this bit where you do um, something on the dance floor. And no one even knew what it was. <laughs> so, can we leave it in the show? And I was like, oh, no, not, not bothered. Left it in the show and then, um, obviously, all the lads, my phone was going mad, all the lads were like, oh, that was so funny, like, doing this robot. If, we, if you score against Hungary tomorrow, you've got to do it. And then uh, I was on the bench, and I thought, oh, yeah, no problem, lads, no worries. And I got on, at and I just didn't think anything of it. And then I thought, as soon as I scored, got on, scored, I went, oh, I've got to do that thing. Done the robot, and then it just... Blew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. blew up, blew Am up. Am I right in saying there was another game where you'd done the celebration and you got a penalty? And you went for a Penenka. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You, yeah. Well, you already celebrated. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've done two robots before that, I won a hat-trick. <laughs> it was at Old Trafford. I put the ball down. I don't even. It's like an out-of-body experience. <laughs> it's like, what was I? You know, like I'm playing for England, right? And I'm like, Michael Owen, give me the ball. Like, I'm just like, what am I doing? And I beat it at the Stretford end, straight over the bar. Like, <laughs> madness. Can and you then, imagine saying that to you as a kid? I know, I know. You're going to go for I know, it. I know. But like I was saying, you know that kid in the ball court, right? Who's like, oh, I hope I'm good enough for this. And now I'm like, <laughs> thinking penalties. Like, who am I? Um, yeah, madness, really. Madness. But I was just so confident and just like playing great. I'd already scored two just before the World Cup. Like, I just knew I was going to the World Cup. Like, um, yeah, just a load of confidence, and then obviously think the pen and missed it. And I've got the ball at home. Thankfully, I scored another goal. No robot after that. Yeah. Ball, and I was, and um, 
everyone's wrote on the ball, like just loads of like everything about the penalty. Oh, it was just all the ball yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Tell us about the World Cup, mate. What was that mm. like as a yeah. experience? I mean, mm. obviously. Mm. England were well fancied, weren't yeah. they, as well? So what yeah, was but it, because obviously when you go through that team, you just think, oh, my God, we've got some mm. team there, you know, like, we, we can win this. But then there were so many good, so, yeah. many, so, many, so many good teams, like Germany were unbelievable, Spain. Look at that Spain team. Like, that's one of the best teams we've ever mm. seen. Yeah. Um, and I'm not just saying that because we still had the opportunity to, to go and win there. We didn't perform. But, um, yeah, as an experience for me, I wouldn't, ch- you know, it was just... It was unbelievable, you know, just being around it, um, just kind of everything stops, doesn't it, for the World Cup? Yeah, and it's like, yeah. you know, there's only a select group of players that that can go, you know, and represent the country. And you know, I, I was in that group twice, thankfully. But uh, just, yeah, just an amazing experience that is unrivaled, really. It's quite a deep question, Crouchy, but do you feel yourself? I don't know, psychologically, mentally, changing from. I mentioned it before, from the kid who had doubts about himself mm. here and now you're at the World Cup mm. in one of England's greatest ever squads mm. on paper. Mm. Do you, f- and you're part of that, mm. does that change your mindset about yourself? Yeah, do you know, like I say, like when I talk about kind of the out-of-body <coughs> experience, you know, like I, I, I still, you know, I always remain quite grounded whatever I was doing, but at that, that time my own mindset was, I'm, I, I'm good enough. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I never, I never once thought. In training, you know, right? Like, I, I, mm. I, people were trusting me with the ball. Um, I, I was very comfortable in training. I thought, you know, possession games, any kind of session we were doing, finishing sessions. I was looking around, thinking I, I, I belong it. Like, I genuinely felt that. Like, and that's not me, going, you know, being big-headed. I just, you just as but a. That's player, the mindset you, you have know, to have, right? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, well. because very quickly you yeah. get, you know, yeah. you wouldn't be there. Um, so I. At that, at that time, I was like, I, I know I'm good enough for this, and you know, I was actually, you know, hoping that players would, wouldn't be fit or wouldn't be, you know, so I could, so I could start. And, and, and you know, I say thankfully, you know, I remember, um, you know, everyone was hoping Rooney would be fit because what, a, what a fantastic player it was. But I'll be honest with you, secretly I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I remember on the front page of the paper, people were like, kiss his boot. And like, remember he got a message afterwards, oh, didn't yeah. it? it? was like, everyone was kissing his boot, and I was like, cutting through it. Friend darts into it. Getting, I've got a chance of starting in a World Cup. Yeah. Um, you know, and as much as I wanted really to be fit, because he was, you know, one of our best players, if not our best player, of course, but still I wanted to play, and, you know, thankfully I got the opportunity. Mm. And did you, did you score in the first game? In I scored one? in, it wasn't the first game, I second scored game. against Trinidad, which was, I think, maybe the second game. Uh, first game, Beckham scored, like it just went in, it was Paraguay, wasn't it? And then I scored, um, you know, in the second one myself and Stephen Gerrard. We didn't play great and it went too long. That was relief, that goal, really. Um, but still, an amazing thing to have. But that's one of those, isn't it? After you've done it, you're like, I've scored at a World Cup. Yeah. No one can ever take yeah, that away exactly. from you. And it's, you know, when you see um, afterwards, you know, like, you get back to your room and it's like the, the news is on it's like England have won at the World Cup and you see all the bars and everyone throwing the pints and all that and you think oh that was me that was, did that <laughs> that was obviously you know a great moment do you ever watch any of your goals back do you like because we've spoken to a variety mm. of strikers I mean you listen to Clive Allen he'll tell you yeah, about the minutiature of yeah, every, every single replay every single one. You know, he mm. knows all the angles yeah, but, yeah. do you ever watch him back or do you ever allow yourself to enjoy some of those moments JD's another one isn't he? he he knows yeah. every goal yeah. every goal yeah no I think I think I, I think I do I would probably be able to tell you if you picked out a goal I'd be able to talk you through it um, I don't I think I've forgotten many but 
it's not as if I, you know, I sit there and watch my, my goals, but yeah. um, with kind of social media, or like, so yeah. every time it's your birthday, yeah. or something like that, you know, someone will put, or the club will put out something, you know, with a few goals, and you can't help but see them, and, you know, and always have a little smile. Which, but, by the way, as we speak, is yeah. soon. Isn't yeah, it's a birthday. Just to remind you, know, to dedicate something to me, I'm in with it. All right, Liverpool. Liverpool next for you in your club career. I mean, what's it like to go and join Liverpool? Yeah, no, it was it was that was a spe special really because it's like you know I joined straight after Istanbul in 2005, so I'd, I'm sitting there with England. Um, I was away in uh, I think we were away in America. Yeah, it was just sorry, yeah. it was the America trip, yeah, wasn't it? Just yeah. before I'd made my debut for England, I remember me and Joe Cole were sitting in this uh, in this like coffee shop well, I say I was gonna say coffee shop but I said it was a bar you're retired you say that so I like that uh, we were in a pub and uh, we were watching the game and um it was Istanbul and like I remember Joe being buzzing and all that going on like pretty nil down because they just they got beat by the ghost goal uh yeah, Garcia's Chelsea, yeah. So he was kind of half happy that they, AC Milan were pumping them at half time. We went back to the hotel and then obviously watched the rest of the game, you know, and all that. I had no idea that I'd be signing for Liverpool, you know, straight after that. So watched one of the greatest games of football ever and then signed for the club and you don't, it's kind of the magnitude of the football club, like when you arrive and you walk around kind of Anfield and, the, you know, the, the, the history and the trophies and me and my dad obviously being football people, you know, just being around that and, you know, meeting Rafa and, um, you know, kind of going to Melwood and just, just kind of seeing it all and the history of it all. Amazing, yeah, amazing to be a part of it and uh, amazing to, um, you know, to have enjoyed it and, and, and done so well there, really. Did you have any... Players often talk about the people that are kind of signed them up, mm. sort of the uh, player agents. Mm. Who Who is it for you that you thought... I'll follow them if they're over there. Um, what with with what? Sorry, is it not yeah. in the England group or yeah. players that might message you to be like, yeah. you'll like it here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a few like like I said, I was at Southampton. Southampton just got relegated, and um, there was obviously you know, clubs sniffing round, you know, because I'd scored quite a lot of goals and uh, just made my England debut. So obviously, I, and I was young. So yeah, but when the call came for Liverpool, it was that was absolutely it felt felt madness really because considering two years previous to that, I wasn't sure if I was a Championship player mm. or not. But that 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 you know, it's um, like how quick has it happened? Yeah, you yeah. Know? So now I'm like an England player. I'm about to get in it, sign for a Champions League club. Um, you know, and that was the turnaround and it happened very fast, but it was very obviously enjoyable. So yeah. who had who had you played with that you knew there already? Well, obviously Gerard was up there, Steve Finnan I knew a little bit, Jamie Carragher through the England set up. Um but other than that, not not many. Um I had one scouse mate that, that I was ringing going, I might be coming up. <laughs> I remember his missus going, oh no. <laughs> she thought I was going to take him away because I had no mates, I was on my own. Um, she wasn't happy, but um, it was all good. Lifting the FA Cup, Grouchy. Yeah, one we yeah. all dream about, isn't it, when we're kids? Yeah, it really was, you know, because I think, I think these days, you know, probably kids have different dreams about Champions yeah. League yeah. and, you know, yeah. You know, to see the FA Cup, you know, maybe teams rotating in the FA Cup and things like that. And like, the FA Cup for me was the one to win. Um, me and my dad had, you know, every time it was like FA Cup final day, everything stopped no matter who was playing. Um, so it was kind of me and my dad's thing. So to be standing there kind of holding it, looking up at my dad, um, you know, I could see him kind of like welling up and all that. Oh, and so wow. kind of, you kind of 
you got this hundred-year-old trophy in your hand, you know, and like looking at your dad, and you've been through so much together yeah. to kind of, you know, think of all those times my mum had to give up, yeah. you know, to take me to, to on the North Circle. You know, I mean, you stand there with a trophy, and that's when it kind of—that's the reason you become emotional. Yeah. I think yeah. Yeah. it was, it was yeah, worth yeah. those trips past Hangar Lane. It was worth it. <laughs> yeah. Hangar Lane was never worth it. <laughs> okay, so obviously then, like Harry comes calling, you go back to Pompey. Mm. Harry then comes here in two thousand eight. Yeah and summer of 2009, mm. the big return. Yeah, yeah, back yeah. to Spurs, I mean, how, yeah. how did it feel to, to, to mm. walk back through the doors, you know, like, like 10 <clears throat> years later, basically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because so many people, um, you know, even Spurs fans, you know, obviously the real diehard ones would, would know that I'd been here, you know, before, yeah. but, you know, because my journey had been, so there's been so many different twists and turns, like, you know, it's like, I think a lot of people didn't realise that I'd, I'd been here before, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? It was like yeah. a return. It was funny because, like I say, you, you, you say yourself, you know, Southampton, the Norwich on loan, England, Liverpool, Portsmouth, uh, Villa. You know, I'd been all up and down the country and I came back and sat next to Ledley in the same place. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, he, he hadn't moved at all. <laughs> and I was like, I'd been everywhere. You know what I, mean? I was like, oh my God, Led, you're still in the same spot, you know, but obviously club legends, you know. It's just funny that we were in the same youth team. We had so, you know, my path was so much different to yeah. Led's, you know. Yeah. And, you know, if mine, if, you know, I, I would have loved to, to have just stayed at one club my whole life, you know, and... Uh, but my path was moving around and, and, and to, to achieve coming back with Spurs. But when I did come back, I was a different person. I was a different player. I was full of confidence. I was an England player, you know, I was well established. Um, so yeah, full circle. So when I arrived back at Tottenham, I was like, right, this is, you know, it's kind of like unfinished business, if you like. And, and, and I was signing for a, for a manager that I knew that I loved and, and the team that we had there was, was special. So were you quite close with Harry already? This is something mm. you sort of built a relationship already where you felt this yeah, is going to Yeah, work. I mean, I've been with him at Portsmouth and Southampton previous as well. Um, uh, Portsmouth twice and Southampton and so Tottenham as well. It was like, I got a great relationship with Harry. Um, so I knew that from that side of things that was going to work. But then I looked around at the team and I was thinking, you know, because actually, I suppose we're struggling a little bit at that time. You're thinking yeah, like, yeah. You, when you looked at the squad, you're like, what, as this happening? I couldn't understand it. And neither could Harry. Can you talk us through the squad? So you yeah. get into the change room. Who are you mm. sitting amongst at the time? Yeah, but I, I knew knew everyone really. If you think about, obviously, when I came back, obviously Robbie Keane, you know, Darren Bent was was still there, but you had Jermaine Defoe, um, you know, Michael Dawson, obviously Ledley. I've known known my whole life. Uh, Robbie Keane, trying to think. Uh, Tom Huddleston, Jermaine Genus, Aaron Lennon. Um, you know, I didn't know Gareth Bale at the time, but um, you know. We had the same agent, so we kind of knew each other. I, I mean, I knew everyone in the in the dressing room really, um, and I knew the caliber of players we had. It just wasn't quite clicking at that at uh, that time. Yeah, it was a it was a that was a group that had sort of been together a, f a few years, mm. that had come together as a young group and slowly, slowly, slowly sort of lifted the club up. Mm. And you know, the, the arrival of the likes of yourself, Rafa. Mm. Just yeah. took us up, up to that Luca coming, obviously starting yeah. to blossom as well. Bale starting to become mm. Bale. Yeah. Just lifted us up the mm. levels, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, when, when you look through that that team, amazing um, team, amazing. Yeah, squad. I mean, even even Nico Cranchard, you know, like Luka Modric, um, Rafa van der Vaart, uh, Lennon. Um, you know, even the, 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 the options we had up Bentley front, like um, yeah, we, Darren Bent kind of left, and then I, we had it was the four was like me, Pavlichenko, um, Defoe. Robbie Keane, 
and, and Van der Vaart. You know what I mean, it was like five, like, you take your pick, you know what I mean? It was like, sometimes you'd play me, you know, sometimes you'd play Pav, um, you know, it might be, uh, we'd have a rest of foe would come in, you know, like, it, whoever you played, you know, you had, you had talent. And um, thankfully, kind of, in that period, like, I had a great, great relationship with Defoe, um, but then me and Rafa kind of hit, yeah, as soon as he signed, we, 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 just, we just really kind of hit off this great relationship as well. Was it a, a good group to be a part of? Was it fun? It, oh, uh, it mate, feels brilliant. like one of the ones that always jumps out at mm. me, I think it might have been Nedley who spoke about this, but you guys getting caught out at the Christmas party mm. when, when uh, Harry was in charge, and Jermaine Defoe, we, we spoke to Jermaine about this, and he said it was you who got caught out on mm. Oxford Street. Is mm. that right? Um, well, you're like, the thing is, like they said, like, I couldn't hide anywhere. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> they, were, they were all like incognito, and like, <laughs> everyone like, can recognise me. So, um, yeah, I'm like the worst person to go on an undercover night out with. So, uh, yeah, I remember we went to Dublin for the Christmas party, but Harry had come out, he had this big thing about Christmas parties, which I totally get now, you know, like, I totally get it. Um, it was, he said, you've got a short, you know, you've got a, say, eight, nine-month period where you can try and win something, you can try and achieve something, and you do what you like in the summer. So this Christmas time, it's like, in actual fact, there's so many games, yeah. it's like the worst time to go out having a drink, right? So... But he came out in the press conference and said, no, nah, there would be no Christmas parties this year, this and that. And so they were asking, you know, like, well, we'd already had it, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking, well, I, didn't, I hope no one's we got away with it. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've already been to Dublin and back. And then uh, I remember, um, yeah, obviously Robbie Keane had organised it and, you know, we'd had a great time and I just thought, uh, it was obviously bound to come out that we'd been there. And obviously, yeah, it did. And then... Um, what it was, but it was <laughs> probably worth it. <laughs> <laughs> just think, just think of that dressing room. Like I'm talking the, ca not the characters. Mm. Dressing rooms need characters, don't oh, they? But look at so that. Them, yeah. I'm thinking like Woodgate comes mm. into it as well, then he. And Woodgate, then Bentley, Bentley um, yeah, Keno, like, like Robbie Keane. Um, yeah, like even the the, the Croatian boys, like uh, like Nico, uh, Luca, um, Charlie, Charlie Luca. Genus, Yeah, uh, yeah, the foe like um, Tom Huddleston, uh, Good. Good group of lads, like Dwarfs, everyone. Um, strong characters, yeah. you know, good group. Like, it was all really talented players, but all everyone have each other's backs. It was, it was, a, it was a real good, close-knit um, team. And, you know, I, I just thought there was no limit, kind of, to what we could achieve. Uh, culminating in, obviously, champ, you know, qualifying for the Champions League for the first time and then having that Champions League spell of, like, just nothing scared us. I, I couldn't wait to get into this bit as soon yeah, as you said yeah. about getting to Champions yeah. League. That's such a fond memory, for, yeah. not just for me, for oh, you, for the Spurs yeah. fans, yeah. really. Because the, the path towards that game against City, I think, was quite special as well. People sort of don't often think mm. about that, but you really saw that group starting to just, you thought, mm. OK, we could actually do this. And you had to take some knocks. Mm. I mean, obviously, in the crucial sort of last couple of weeks, we lost to, to Portsmouth mm. in the semi-final of the, yeah, that was it. Of that the was FA Cup. That Wembley, but then, do you remember, mm. do you remember it, that was to be followed by playing Chelsea-Arsenal mm. in mm. the week after that, literally yeah, yeah. in the week after that. So you had to show a lot, because mm. everyone was, that was a real gut punch at mm. semi-final, wasn't it? Yeah, you it had was. to beat yourselves up from that. Because that team was, that was a team that should, what, should have won something, you know what I mean? We could do, and that was probably the biggest opportunity we had. Um, but yeah, that was that was that was that was a real blow. But then, like you say, we just kind of bounced back and got results uh, against big teams. And, and no one gave us a chance. The amount of money City was spending, mm. they were they were the next Champions League team. And then 
Um, you know, we hadn't been in Champions League mm. yet. You know, we were, but we just we just weren't afraid of anyone. And obviously, obviously, to go to the Etihad and, and win. Mm. And get in the Champions League, that was, you know, was unheard of at that time. That's the one goal I've got on my uh, desktop of my, mm. of my, of my yeah, laptop. Yeah. Well, it's Obviously, you know, long I'll, <laughs> yeah. you know how long I've been here, but yeah. that, that goal just meant, meant so much. Mm. And, and I just can't, yeah. I can't watch that crowd going up enough. Yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned Agreed. earlier on, you said that you can sort of play something back. Can yeah. you take us through that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With that, with that one, obviously, because um, it was late on in the game. I remember I'd hit a post just yeah. before in the first half and I think, I missed the chance and um, and then yeah and then obviously that that with that moment because it was so late on it felt like if whoever scores now mm. it's like whoever scores now is in the Champions League it's like a golden goal if you like <laughs> it generally felt like that so obviously I remember Eunice just walking all over Bellamy <laughs> <laughs> kind of like walk through him the ball came out and then obviously it's gone and it's gone um, you know across and the, you know keepers kind of parried it it's come out to me and I've gone right oh this is unreal I just nodded it in but then obviously I've run behind the goal and like, you know, even now, like the hairs in the back of your neck kind of tingle, you know, it makes you tingle like the buzz. And I have never seen, I've scored goals, you know, thankfully in lots of different stadiums and different uh, circumstances. But as an away goal goes, like there's, I don't think there's ever been a buzz like that in my life. Because um, I remember just looking up and seeing the scenes and like people were falling down and it was like, you know, there was people getting thrown. It was, you know, <laughs> the barrier was down. I remember I kind of, someone jumped on my back and I ended up um, spinning round. And uh, even, even when it goes in, when I look back at it now, I always remember Luka Modric jumping two feet in the air, like on his own, you know, it was just everyone kind of had a moment and, even now when, when I'm talking about it, like everywhere I go, when I walk down the street, you know, people were saying, you know, I was there or I remember where I was kind of when that goal went in, like Spurs fans just, and, and obviously, you know, Spurs have gone on to achieve incredible things like since then and all that. But I think people in that period, it was like almost like the launch pad, if you like, yeah, it was. Um, to what's happened now, you know, and it was Spurs fans, wherever I go, I always really, really talk about that goal as such fond memories. And I guess you never think of it in this way, but I remember thinking to us, so our, we spoke to, to you and Ledley, I think we spoke to you and Ledley together afterwards, and then it dawned on me, these two, these two lads were getting the bus to White Hart Lane mm -hmm. 10, yeah. 10, 15 years ago, and now they're taking us into the Champions League. Mm. It's just, you couldn't mm. even write the script, could yeah, you, Crazy? Yeah. To be yeah, fair, yeah, no, that was actually like quite a quite emotional, like for me and Led, like yeah, at the I end, bet. like I give him a massive hug. Do you know what I mean? And we were like, it kind of just the memories of us, kind of, uh, you know, what, all those little stories. I mean, listen, I've, I could bore you with a hundred more stories of me and Led together, and what we used to get up to, and um, you know, what we used to do, and then. You know, when we were both sitting there going, right, we're in the Champions League now, you know, they all go to those memories, kind of flood back and stuff. And um, yeah, it was it was great. And it was great to kind of be there when when we did it together, you know? Yeah, fantastic. One, one question I have to ask on this game. So this is, <laughs> we have that incredible moment. Everyone's absolutely buzzing. Mm. Harry's being interviewed after the game and then he gets absolutely drenched mm. by David Bent. He sort of looks like mm. he's the most in frame there. I always think it's a miracle that you weren't involved in that. Mm. Did you have the foresight mm. to think, no, 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 not on Harry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know whether I know Harry better than they do, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I was like, they, I remember them coming in the dressing room going, like, what are we going to do with this? And I went, 
Are you sure? <laughs> and uh, they were like, yeah, 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 let's do this. And I was like, well, I said, I'll leave you to this one. <laughs> but I knew he wasn't going to be happy with that. Um, but obviously he's on camera. He had to kind of keep himself to... He's fuming. Like, he wasn't happy. <laughs> what happens he when he gets happy. back in? Yeah, well, I don't... He wasn't happy, obviously. Like, he, he, he was... He was drenched. And, um, <laughs> you know, it was all the ones that... I remember it was a song, when it? said the song, uh, um, David Bentley. It was a few of the ones that were... I'd been playing, um, and I think, in all honesty, a lot of the players who had played the whole game were kind of drained as well. You know, like it was quite yeah, an emotional really, game. There was so much nervous tension. Yeah. It was like build up the press the whole week. It was like the game to get him in the Champions League, and um, yeah, in all honesty, I couldn't actually be bothered <laughs> to, to go and do it. You know, so um, you know they did it, and you know whatever happened, happened. But it was, uh, it was that was a great dressing room to be in after yeah. the game. Great. Yeah, David Bentley was incredible, wasn't he? Oh mate, honestly, he kept us going. You know, he was a, he was a great lad. I've had what him player on, as well, by the way. Yeah, great player. I had him on my my podcast recently, and uh, he is um, he's a, one of football's great characters. He really is, and uh, he was great on kind of my my podcast. He was great to be, even though he wasn't playing. He still kind of made everyone like up, yeah. up, you know uplifted yeah. he wasn't he would never drag anyone down because he was having a tough time do you think he was he was one of those that was sort of people who didn't quite realize how much he brought or mm. what he was bringing to the group yeah i think so i mean all the lads loved him you know um and it was the same it was like there was a couple of people in the dressing room that weren't you know quite you know he had to move on he wasn't you know harry him quite kind of clashed and he had to move on, but in the dressing room he was he was first class. I remember we signed Jimmy Walker as well. He came from like West Ham, yeah. and uh, and he's a player that um, that you know quite a few Spurs fans probably wouldn't remember. But I think he was like third, fourth choice keeper. Um, but again, just kind of great in the dressing room, you know, like around that time, yeah. just brilliant to have around. Brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. So we qualify for the Champions League. And then we're two 0 down at the Young Boys, mm. on playing yeah, on a plastic yeah, pitch yeah. in the playoff. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, Three nil down actually. Horrendous. I, I remember being there. I remember. I remember being on the bench and um, we. It was. I think it was Pav when it was, we, we got back to three two, didn't we? Yeah. That night. Uh, yeah. That massive night. goal. They night. were huge, huge goals. Those uh, because we were, when we were three nil down, I was thinking, oh my god, like all the all that work and <laughs> lava, you know, that we've just been through. Like the, all that, you know, drenching Harry, you know, like all the hard work we put in the whole season, and we're three nil down, at young boys. I'm like, oh my god, this sums us up. And then thankfully we've got those two back and then we, yeah, the, the night of what the heart lane was special, yeah. It was the hat and this is why I say about you and the, the, mm. and the Champions League, but, you know, they're indelibly linked because mm. you've got the goal at City, you've got the hat-trick against Young Boys, you score the first goal for us in the group stage, mm. then you've got the goal at Milan, and it just, mm. you and the Champions League, it just mm. goes hand in hand, really. Yeah, it was like, like I said, I don't know, if you say about the Champions League, even, you know, even at my Liverpool time as well, you know, like, I just felt like I was going to switch like England as well. Like bizarrely, I had this thing with uh, international football and, and European football, really, where I just I just felt I was scoring every game. And like um, I don't know whether it was kind of um, you know European defences were like you know what is that? <laughs> 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 I don't think they could understand what I was. They were like, you know, I just couldn't handle me. I, I, that I, was I, a narrative at the time, though, wasn't it? People were like, people just won't be able to deal with people. They didn't know could have deal with me. And I, and I was like, it genuinely felt, I felt like that. You know, I felt like I was going to games. And I was looking at the team sheets and obviously playing like from Milan, whatever, you're looking at Nesta and, you know, all the like top, top level defenders. And I, I, they just didn't. I'd rather that than play against, you know, the Premier League centre, a couple of centre halves. You know, mm -hmm. I felt I felt like I could, I would always do well against them. 
Um, and like you say, obviously the young boys won, kicked off, and then the campaign was just amazing. We were fearless, weren't we? We uh, just went into it and thought we were, we were having this, didn't we? Well, everyone, you know, like Bayo obviously kind of announced himself on the world stage. Yeah. You know, Gareth, obviously, what he did to Mycon yeah, at White yeah, Lane with yeah. the Inter Milan games, and obviously in the San Siro when he got a hat trick. Just absolutely frightening. But but having said that, Lennon was you could not yeah. stop him. Yeah. You know, you couldn't stop him. He was he was a joke. Midfield Luka Modric, you know, Van der Vaart, you know, Palacios was at the top of his game that time, Tom Huddleston, Jermaine Genius, you know, and our defence was, you know, Ledley King Dawson, you know, good good players. We had a good team. And I think people will take it as lightly. And I felt we could beat anyone. We could score for sure. Yeah. We were scoring goals galore. I just yeah. I love the way we attacked the games. Mm. We almost said, "Yeah, forget that. We're gonna we're coming here to win games." Yeah, that was it. That was it. And then obviously, like you know, obviously the special moment for me was the San Siro. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, two goals probably that Spurs fans always talk to me about, and it's and it's the one at Man City, and it's the one in the San Siro. Um, because uh, you know all the people that went there, just you know, the, the, we weren't expected to win. I mean, that team was a joke they had. Um, you know, so many good players yeah. in it. And Ibrahimovic was playing up yeah, front from. Yeah, yeah, Ibrahimovic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Pato. And um, you know, we we deserved to win. And oh, you know, that kind of showed how far we come. And then we start dreaming, obviously, you know, and then. An idiot gets sent over the yeah, the well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we scratch yeah, 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 yeah. We don't need to talk about <laughs> can, can, can I um, can I take you back? I want to go through a couple of those names again because mm. you just rattled them off. Mm. Like, of course, mm. but they are unbelievable mm. names in that team. Mm. So, can we do Rafa first? Mm. Because I felt like you and him in Europe mm. had this kind of really special bond. It, it felt like every game you're going into, mm. regardless of the opposition, you were going to do something together. Mm. So talk us through playing with yeah. Rafa a little bit. Yeah, like, I, um, I, like myself and Defoe had an amazing relationship as well, right? But then with Rafa, like, he was one of the most intelligent footballers mm. I've ever played with, right? So the minute we trained together, it was only in a five-a-side, I think he scored like five or six goals off, off, off me. Like he'd just be, if someone wrapped the ball into me, like he'd do a little movement and, and he'd get a little bit of space and I'd just know like to, to just, just set him up and he'd score, bang. And that was like straight away. And then there was the next one, you know, a long ball come up to me and like he'd do a little bit of movement and get a little bit of space. I'd just chest one down to him, bang, he scored again. And it was just that, the first day in training, we just, it was like that. We just hit it off like that. And then again, I think you could see that um, throughout. Um, and I think, you know, not so much down to, you know, it being a great partnership as to him being a great player, I think is the difference. It was like... But he, he, knew, he knew to get around. He just knew him, where to he? be, yeah. He yeah. just knew where to be. Uh, and he knew where I'd be, do you know what I mean? And um, he was just a very, very intelligent footballer. Like, kind of gutted it. He didn't stay longer at Spurs because... He was uh, he was such a good player. I always thought of Rafa that was that never knowing the under sixty minutes. You know, mm. I feel like Harry was going to put him out there and be like, mm. "Give me everything for sixty minutes." Yeah. But what a sixty minutes it was! Yeah. I always felt like he'd do something special, something magic within that time. Easily, I remember. I remember like in that period, being injured for one training session, and Harry going, "Just come out and stand with me, and we'll, we'll watch training." I remember watching the five aside, and uh, it. Harry was just like, you know, because he's managed at all different levels, mm. right? And then he, he's sitting there and he's watching this, this training session. And obviously, you know, Bale, Modric, Van der Vaart, you know, all, Lennon, um, you know, Defoe, the, 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 things, the things were happening and he was just looking at me going, this is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was literally looking at me going, have a look at him. And I was going, fair play, yeah? <laughs> so this is a standard. And I, like, 
this was some standard of football, you know. Um, and this was obviously before Luca went on to achieve what yeah, he, he's yeah, achieved. Yeah. Um, you know, Gareth's got, you know, you think about the, the, the team we had, you know, what, what they went on to, to kind of achieve. Um, just actually, when you take stock, because when you're in it, you don't, you're just in yeah, it. Yeah. When you actually take stock with Harry, and I was looking at it going, actually from his lens, he was like, I just enjoy coming to work every day just watching this group of players. Do you remember when Gareth went into the stratosphere? Do you remember mm. seeing that happen? Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. Because I remember there was a rumour he was going to go to Nottingham Forest for that three million. And uh, I remember that rumour was quite strong because he was struggling. Um, he was Early on, like, he did struggle. He struggled. He got injuries, as, injuries yeah, yeah. as well, it was, it? it was a lot of injuries, you know, and I think Harry a lot of the time thought he was um, going down too easy in training. Uh, he thought, he, I'll be honest with you, the mentality was a bit soft. You know, that was, that was going round about him. You know, he hadn't won um, in, in, in loads of games. I think, he, you know, and I yeah. think Harry got him on to try and you know, tune him up or something and put him on to, so yeah. he got that record off his back. Um, and then he just, but in training, you'd go, he was brilliant. Like, he, he was our best player every day in training. You'd be like, this kid is a joke. Like, so you just waited for the whole of the world to kind of catch up and understand how good he was. And then he just, it kind of like, he became a man, do you know what I mean? It was like, bang. And then he started getting better and better and better. And, see, and then he started showing it in games, what he was showing in training. And then obviously the Inter Milan two games were, the, mm. I think, when he knew that he'd arrived. He you know, could do it, yeah. Could the do world, it on any the stage. world saw how good yeah. he was. Um, he was, I mean, what he did to Mykon, who was probably the best right yeah. back in the, in the world at that time. Um, he absolutely destroyed him. It's um, frightening, Crouchy. You look at you watch the, you watch the, the second game, the one at what the three one at White Hart Lane, mm. where you and Pav score pretty identical mm. goals. Yeah. I mean, it's, what was it? Five minutes to go. Ten, say ten minutes to go. Yeah. He's run. He sprinted eighty meters yeah. to cross that ball. Yeah. And he'd been doing it all game. All game. And then the the worst thing is, is like when you, you know, it, if, say it didn't uh, materialize, whatever. He'd run eighty meters. Back the same pace, right? And he's like, oh, I'll just be getting off the deck. This is a chance. And he's already back. He's already back in there. So what is this fellow on? But he was just—he was a different. He was—he just became something that you know we've we've never Incredible. seen before. It was just ridiculous. And a, such a lovely fellow as well. Yeah, right? yeah, just totally down Sucked to down it. Down to, oh, yeah, 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 lovely. Yeah, and yeah, you know, the great to see what he. What he went on to achieve as well. On that night with Michael, I don't want to be disrespectful, but it sort of it became taxi for Michael, mm -hmm. didn't it? It became a, a meme. It yeah, became yeah. something that people sort of almost laughing about. Mm. Do you remember thinking like this shouldn't he shouldn't be that far ahead? I mean, he's literally dropping the ball. I remember he was pinging the ball maybe 30, 40 metres in front, just mm. thinking, "No, we'll get near me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was pushing the ball. I mean, he had I think like ten yards start on him. He was pushing it mm. and, and, and get, going around the other side, you know. And it was uh, you, you even saw it rub. Madrid, you know, the one who got the goal at Barcelona when he runs off the pitch yeah, and runs back on again. Yeah, just an unbelievable athlete, but um, but not just that, he had a wonder of a left foot, great ability. You know, there's so many factors as to why he became the player that he did, but um, yeah, absolutely uh, unbelievable to, to play with him in that at that level. After those couple of great years, obviously, you move on to, mm. to Stoke. Mm. I mean, it's actually, I, I can imagine you, you think this as well, but people sort of underplay her. I mean, you were there for a long time, played a lot of games, mm. scored a lot of goals for Stoke. And yet, you know, we, we took, of course, we're the Spurs, mm. so we're going to talk to you about Spurs, mm. but people will talk to you about Liverpool and England and Spurs. Mm. 
it's almost like the the Stoke part of it. Yeah. People don't rec- realise that what you did there. I mean, mm. you were there for a long time. Yeah, I, was, I always ended up being there about eight years, yeah. um, which is crazy, really. Like the longest time of any club. But I and, and I loved every single minute of it up until the end, really, because that was it was difficult at the end, um, you know, uh, for whatever reason. But the, the, the start of it was it was brilliant. You know, it was a great group of lads. It was probably like a similar dressing room to the Spurs one. It was like good nucleus of mm. players um, playing kind of above their ability really because just just through being through hard work and uh, yeah it was great being in that transition I think we finished uh, top 10 in the Premier League three years on mm. the spin you know got to a, a cup final um, got into Europe um, and you think about obviously you know for Stoke I mean that was it was unbelievable really yeah. um, great group of players great managers so Tony Pulis at that time, obviously difficult manager to, um, you know, for, for anyone who visiting team. Yeah. Um, you know, we were horrible to play. Yeah, hey, hell yes. um, um, <laughs> but we loved it. It was like yeah. the old kind of Wimbledon mentality. Yeah. It was like, yeah. no one likes us, we don't care. <laughs> we loved it. You know, it was like brilliant. You could visibly see people shrinking when they yeah. get off the bus. Yeah. And yeah. it was like, we've got one over them. Yeah. yeah, and it was, yeah. it was great to be a part of that. Do, do you think you were a part of the group that kind of helped create can they cut it cold Tuesday night at Stoke? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, it started before me, you know, because of the throw-ins and all that started before yeah, me. You know, yeah. Rory Dillap yeah. throwing these arrows. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, no one could handle it. It was panic stations. <laughs> the crowd used to get up, you know. Because you'd have had to defend that. Yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. Us. I remember, yeah. Before you went there. Yeah, exactly right, yeah. I remember defending. I had to come back, and it was like, every time you get a throw, it was like, I had to come back from the cell. <laughs> like, you know, as if, like, a corner, you just drain, like, that, just heading balls away. Um, and it's it was t- it was tough, and you know, but we we were very good at what we did. There was no way in the world that we could play against Arsenal or mm. Tottenham or Man yeah. United football wise, you know. So we just do something different, and yeah. you know, get results from it. Cratchy, 2019, obviously Burnley. Then then you, you call your retirement. So that's mm. 20 years as a professional, basically. Yeah. I mean, when you ret- how did it feel to retire? You'd, you'd have known you were ready, but mm. was that a Still quite a tough one because it's always tough yeah, to retire, yeah. almost to say goodbye to it all. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was tough retiring and taking that decision because I think I probably could have played on, like, in all honesty. Um, I was still fit, I still felt good. Um, I was 38, you know what I mean? I was, was good, I had a good innings, or, and that's, that's kind of like how I looked at it. Um, but I felt the time was right, I was becoming kind of like an impact sub, you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. last 15 minutes, I was getting thrown on just to cause carnage, really, and it was kind of like, it felt like a bit disrespectful to the career that I'd had, you know what I mean? It was like, I'm not just that, I've been a good player. Yeah. And so I, I decided to call it and, um, but yeah, no, I know, I know lots of players, you know, Ledley being one of them, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Who who would have, you know, given anything to go on till 38, you know, who, who really struggled with his knees and his yeah. hips. And, um, you know, I, that, when I look at Led and, you know, for me to then be upset of retiring at 38 mm. on my own terms, you know what I mean? That'd be a disrespect, you know, I think so. I look back on my career really fondly. Um, oh, yeah, it's, it's always short than you want it to be because you want to carry on forever. But unfortunately, that's, that's not how it works. So I always look back on fond, fondly, fond memories and go retirement wasn't as hard for me as it is for a lot of people who just have it ended for them. You know what I mean? It was on my own terms, felt great and then moved on to to something new. So uh, how do you make the decision or how do you know? Is there someone that has a conversation with you? Is it, how mm. do you think this is it? Is there a moment? Yeah. 
no, there was there was just towards the end of it, kind of the, the end of the season. Like I'd, I'd gone to, I'd gone down with Stoke. Um, we'd we'd got relegated, and I played in the championship for a little bit, and then. Um, I got the opportunity to go to Burnley on loan, on loan. I went up there and it was it was kind of like how the Stoke dressing room was. Uh, great lads, mm. good manager, good people. It was great to be around that. So I felt like I finished on a on a on an upward rather than a downward. Do you know what I mean? And I didn't play much, but it was good to be around the Premier League again. So I finished in the Premier League. Remember my last game was at Turf Moor with Arsenal. I think Aubameyang got a hat trick that day. I think, and um, I kind of no one else knew, but I knew in my own head. This is going to be my last ever game. Like, uh, so I remember when I walked around, all my kids come down and we went on the pitch. Because only Ab knew my missus and, uh, and that was it. I hadn't told anyone else. But I kind of knew. So I had all the kids on and we walked around. And yeah, that was kind of the last moment I'd be on a football pitch, really. And I was like, I was comfortable with it. Uh, and then I kind of announced it in the, in the summer. We had a good big party. <laughs> 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 the robot came up. <laughs> By then, obviously, actually, the, the the podcast had come mm. in and, and you've, mm. you've fallen into this career yeah. fantastically because you're mm. such a great character. The punditry had already started, mm. and it, that you know people really took to you on that. Mm. But how did the podcast come about? Yeah. How did it start? Because it's now yeah. one of the biggest out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was crazy, really, because we did. Uh, like I was still playing and I was kind of over in Orange, so I did my coaching badges and then I did a book and I did the podcast. But the podcast was only really to promote the book. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I had no idea what yeah. a podcast was. It was like, you know, so I was quite open and probably too open um, on it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no, no, listen yeah, to this. I remember them earlier. And then I was like, oh, no, were, like, the early ones were people are the, listening. Were oh, yeah, yeah, so I was quite open about stuff and just, yeah, and then. Uh, then obviously I was saying things and I was saying, oh, I can't take them back now, they're out there now. <laughs> and then, um, but then nothing, no, no, I'm not stitching in or like, nothing bad, just uh, just very open and honest about football. Yeah, yeah. But that's how the book was as well. Yeah. And I think it wasn't groundbreaking, it was just being honest and open and um, just telling your kind of funny stories about being in a world of football for just so long. Just letting people in, really. Basically, yeah. yeah, letting people in. And, and yeah. then I realised, obviously, there's a huge appetite for yeah. people just want to know more about what goes on behind the scenes in football. So, obviously, the book was How to Be, How to Be a Football, and it just took them inside, kind of like... My, the, 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 the chapters were like cars, tattoos, <laughs> you know, dressing rooms, um, physios, you know what I mean? It was like, like what actually happens with, with all, all these things? and. Kind of letting people in, kind of just yeah, it, that just exploded, and then the podcast obviously followed suit, and um, then I realised, you know, my coaching badges, I kind of put them to one side, and I was like, Do you know what, I'm really enjoying this, and yeah. I'm just going to see where this takes me, and I'm still kind of seeing where it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Had well, you considered it, the, the coaching? Were you like, I'm going to be a coach? Now. Yeah, 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 I did my badges and all that, I got to my A license and stuff, and I thought. You know, I've been in football a long time and, you know, I don't know whether it was management, but I thought I'd like to be around mm. kind of the you game. You've got a lot to give. But got you a lot know of experiences. What? I, I, I kind of like, the, you know, being on kind of TNT, that gives me that as well. You know, I'm around the games, you know, like I get to see you lot, you know, I get to see people be at the games and I get to see the players and, you know, I'm close up to the action and that, keep, that keeps that buzz alive, if you know what I mean. And then the other stuff is just a lot of fun and um, keeps me active and... You know, I'm enjoying what I'm doing now. It's great. But you've taken it to levels with mm. Crouch Fest and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, that is... Yeah, mad, yeah. <laughs> no, but, you know, like, listen, with the things that we've done with the podcast, like, I'm very proud of, because it's, like, it's our thing, right? And we, we started it 
and um, you know whichever direction it goes it's on us you know which is great you know and uh, and like you say we, we've done the certain things like we went to the palace with Prince William and yeah. um, you know cool. we're sitting in Kensington Palace and you're just thinking this is mad and then uh, you know we, we've had Elton John on we've we had Crouch Fest with you know 10,000 people at Wembley and um, you're looking around and going, what even is it? Like, people ask me, like, I'm buying a ticket for this, but what is it? And I'm like, I don't actually know. I can't, couldn't really tell you what it is. It's just good people having a good time. And, um, you know, for, as long as people are having a good time, we'll continue to do it. Who are you most nervous for? Um, what do, with what? In terms of, a, you're about to interview a guest. Oh, right. Who has made you the most nervous before um, you go in? God, yeah, that's a good question. Um... Because we, we, we've had some good ones, because we've had some good ones on Zoom during COVID as well. I always remember getting Andy Robertson on and his Wi-Fi wasn't great. And um, we had to tell his missus to turn off Netflix. <laughs> <up and stuff>. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the producer going to me, can you ask his missus to tell off, turn off? And I was like, maybe that's something. I was like, and he did. <laughs> I could hear him shouting up to his missus going, what are you watching? She was like, oh no, she's like, can you just turn it off for like half an hour? That was embarrassing. And then, uh, <laughs> but no, like Elton John, obviously, and, and pr like Prince William was, because yeah. like, we were told, oh, you've only got like 20 minutes or half an hour, I think, what it, what it was. But we're in his kind of like, it's a, we're in Kensington Palace, but there's like a, his apartment, basically, like his private quarters, if you like, in Kensington Palace. And um, obviously it's all a bit, bit nerve-wracking. Everyone's getting really tetchy behind the camera and all that. And then he walks in, it's like, fine. So he was—he ended up staying for about an hour and a half. You know what I mean? Just because he was—I think he was enjoying it, yeah, yeah. just having a laugh, talking about football. Um, so as nervous as you are, I think whoever, whoever you meet in the end, it's always—it's always good. Crouch has been fascinating, mm. magnificent as always. But as Dawes mm. always says, we're not going to let you go yet. Mm. <laughs> we have got seven questions for you. All Quick right. fire questions to finish the Quick podcast, fire, nice. and these will be fascinating. All Number right. one. What is your favourite piece of football memorabilia that you own? Favourite piece? Um, I think my FA Cup winner's medal. Um, but, you know, I've got... I mean, I nicked everything from the Champions League final. <laughs> <laughs> I've got everything down to the ball. Like, and it's, it was a shame because, obviously, we didn't win it. I, I lost in Athens 2007. But, um, I mean, I've got everything from that day. Uh, and uh, you know a few shirts and things like that, but um, best shirt. Hat trick balls are always quite yeah. you know. Quite you you had the Champions League hat trick balls. Yeah, yeah. I got a champ yeah, the the Champions League one of them. Yeah. Spurs one I got. That would have been what the blue and white one. Uh, yeah, yeah, blue and white. It's a lovely ball that. Yeah, one, nice, right? lovely oh, ball that yeah. was. Uh, I got another one for Spurs as well in the Carabao Cup. It was a Carling Cup then yeah, as well. It was yeah. against uh, Preston. Preston. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Good oh, just incredible, wasn't it? Absolutely What was your favourite Spurs kit that you wore? Uh, favourite Spurs kit. I think it was the well, the first one I came back. I came back in. I was so glad that they didn't have the Kappa one anymore. I was like, no, no, thank God they got rid of that. Well, I remember the Pony one back in the day. I used yeah. to wear that. That was uh, that was with me and Ledbury originally. But yeah, no, the first one when we came back. I'm trying to think who made that one. First home kit. That was that Under Armour? That uh, Champions League, no, it was, was it the Puma. Puma. Puma it was, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, that was nice. That, that one, yeah, 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 loved yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, okay, who is, who is your favourite Spurs player that you've played with? Cool, that's not asking much, is it? 
I think I know what the answer no, is. No, like. listen, I'm not going to say Led, am I? <laughs> Ledley's my favourite player I've played with, yeah. Yeah. Uh, OK, this is, this is a toughie as well. Yeah, this I mean, is impossible for you. Can we do your all-time Spurs five-a-side? Oh! And you can play or not, it's entirely up to you. So you put yourself in it or not. <laughs> Stand with Harry on the side <laughs> and just watch yeah, it. Yeah, do that. So, you, so we'll okay. give you five players in. Because you are officially on the sideline with Harry watching it. We're taking it's, you okay, back yeah, to that yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, I'll be with Harry watching it. Okay. Um, all right. Okay. God, let me think here. Right, Gomez is going to goal. All right. Hold on. Is it just players I've played with? Yeah, in that yeah, we'll go because there's so many of yeah. them. We'll go for that couple of years. Just that yeah. couple of years. Yeah, I, yeah. To be fair, like, it's some some team anyway. Right, Gomez in goal, right? Because I think yeah, he makes the saves. Ledley, Ledley, Ledley. Uh, I'm just gonna have Ledley at the back. That's all <laughs> yeah. I need. Right? He's got it. He's yeah, fine. Yeah, he's covered. He, he, he's got it covered. Uh, yeah, Modric, Modric, Bale, Van der Vaart. I think you're up to five already. <laughs> is that five? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Can I have the five as well? Is that Pop five? Is on that... the bench. Okay. Oh, yeah, because you're there. Sorry. Okay. Oh, you're on the bench. I have to yeah. on the bench. You'd almost want to not play with a goalkeeper, wouldn't you? Just let, let Leds come That's all That's the five aside. <laughs> yeah. Like, Ledley, Ledley, Luca, Bale, and Modric, like, some, oh, some ballers there. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm getting nowhere near that to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, next one. One bit of life advice that you'd give to people, and I feel like we've had quite a few little nuggets along the mm. way here. But what would be your your one? Because you've thing? been through it all, Crouchy. Mm. So, um, I, I yeah, I think I think someone said to me, "You're never as you're never as good as people say you are. You're never as bad as people say you are." And I think that that does stand you in good stead if you're a footballer. Do you know what I mean? I think there's there's lots of great advice I've had on the way up to being a footballer. But I think when you actually you know, at the top end of it, everyone's got an opinion, mm. right? And you can't listen to it all. And if you do, you go, man, I think certainly in the Premier League, if you, yeah, you just never, never get too carried away. Yeah. Sort of stay and on never the level, get too it? down yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah. It's hard to do, especially in this day and age, but I think that keeps you on a good level. Brilliant. Who is your unsung hero at Spurs? Now, this could be a player who perhaps didn't get the headlines that you, know, you think he deserved. Could be someone behind the scenes. Mm. Unsung hero. Uh, From your time in. No pressure to say Miles Hill. No, no, no. <laughs> you were up there, mate. You were definitely up there. You, you, Duke. See, there's a few, Jukes, few yeah, people yeah, that maybe, yeah. but he's, you know, he's getting a bit of celeb status. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, but as, like player, player-wise, I mean, so many kind of unsung heroes. Yeah. I thought Benoit, Asim yeah, Kotto was a top player. Yeah, very um, good. Chor uh, again, I thought was 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 underrated. Michael Dawson probably to yeah, some degree was yeah. was probably an underrated player. Um, yeah, I mean lots of there was lots of players around that team that were better than people thought. Yeah. Was it true about Benny Asuokoto that he was as aloof as people yeah, said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strangest character I've ever met in my life. <laughs> I actually liked him. I got brilliant quite well of him. I oh, liked brilliant. him. Yeah, but but yeah, just very very different. Yeah, he's one of the people that you just you know what, just let him crack on. You know, <laughs> yeah. he'd come with. I think that's what Harry felt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 In the end, he was just like, look, he doesn't want to get in the ice bath. You know, he like, <laughs> just leave him to it. Um, you know, he just come in with his little like Tesco bag before the game, and he'd have a packet of crisps and a croissant <laughs> and a hot chocolate, and then he'd go out and play Man United. And he was like the best player. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Did Harry say once at half, at half time one time he came in and asked what the score was? Yeah, you know, he'd no idea who you're playing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you'd be like on a, 
on a Saturday, I remember pre-match, you'd be like, who have you got today? And it's like, what? You've done meetings all week. Like, what were you doing in those meetings? He had no idea who we were playing. Bit on the day, sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't know any players. He didn't know, like, he knows, like, Messi and Ronaldo and all that. Premier League, like, he didn't know. Say, so like, anyone below the, maybe the top two teams or whatever, he had no clue about who they were. Oh, that is magnificent. Yeah. OK. Um, last one. In your opinion, who is the greatest Spurs player of all time? Greatest Spurs player of all time? Um... Oh. See, like what? Like you're, you're going like beyond Premier League here, aren't you? I mean, like Glenn Hoddle's up there, isn't he? Glenn um, Gaza. But like, if you're talking Premier League era, it's got to be Harry Kane, no? I think. Um, Premier League era, no one scored more goals than him. Mm. Um, you know, listen, I've played with some great players along the way, but for longevity, for um, you know what 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 he did for the club, like. The way he kind of represented the club, um, I'd say certainly Premier League era, be Harry. Brilliant. Great, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, my friend. No, Tom, thanks for having me. Thank you, mate. Tom, Don't Cheers. Brilliant. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.